Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today's guest is Ari Galper, who's the world's number one authority on trust-based selling. He's also the author of Unlock the Sales Game and The One Call Sale. And I love this episode because we can all resonate with the pain of chasing after potential customers, having a customer say, yes, I want to buy from you, and then totally disappearing. We talk all that and more and how you can have a better sales experience. It's all on this episode. Stay tuned. Here comes your good advice. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. We're going to be talking some good advice today. We're going to be talking about one game that is incredibly hard to master. In fact, for many of us, it is a deep point of anxiety. It's a deep point of pain in our business. We're talking about sales. Is there a way to master sales? More importantly, is there a way to approach sales where you're no longer chasing after your prospective client? You know what I mean by chasing after someone where you get them on the phone, you talk to them and they say, sure, yeah, I love that. Of course, definitely. That sounds like a great offer. And then you send over the proposal and poof, they're gone. You never hear from them again. We're going to be talking today about how you can approach this differently In fact, we're sitting down with Ari Galper today, and Ari is the world's number one authority on trust-based selling. He's also the author of Unlock the Game. Uh, We'll be talking, excuse me, Unlock the Sales Game. It's available on Amazon. You can check it out now. And also later this year, he'll be publishing his newest book, The One Call Sale. Again, that'll be available on Amazon and any number of places that you would buy books. Uh, Ari's with us here today. Ari, it's so great to have you here today. Thank you, Blake. A pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. Now, I, it, it, I'm i recording this. Let's see. It's two o'clock my time. I saw that you're based in Australia. I believe you have a TV show over in Australia now? Yeah. So I've got a show actually on online. It's called um, on social. It's called Stump the Guru. Okay. Yeah. So tell us about that show. Yeah. People can jump on once a month and just challenge me with whatever <laughs> questions they have in sales and try and stump me. It's just a lot of fun. <laughs> now, do, you, do you ever get stumped? After 20 years, luckily, no, I haven't yet. So, um, uh, but I'm waiting for someone to come up and ask me a question live and stop me. <laughs> you know, I think, I think, Ari, what I like about people like you is your approach to sales. Like, I was reading your bio, I was reading about you, and I was like, it's like this sensation of, like, yes, okay, this is intuitive. I get this. And so, like, even hearing you talk about Stump the Guru, I'm not surprised to know that um, I would venture to guess a lot of your answers even for for complex questions, end up being pretty tangible and practical and, okay, yeah, I can now go do that. Uh, and I didn't mean to, to um, uh, jump in on, on what you were sharing, by the way. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do for a living. Obviously, I've given my spin on it. Um, would love to hear your take on who you are and what you do. Yeah. So you probably caught the accent. I'm from California originally, from San Diego. Grew up in, uh, in, in there and uh, met my wife on a 
online dating site 20 years ago. This is pre-swiping. Those, like, those things existed, huh? It's like Dost. It's like all I got is a photo and some text, pretty much. Yeah. So uh, she emailed <laughs> me. We had a conversation. She's from Sydney, living in LA, working in California back then. We dated. She said, hey, why don't you come out and visit my family in Australia? I was like, wow, it's pretty far, but sure, I'll give it a try. Yeah. So it came out here. We got engaged, got married. Then um, we, we went back to LA and the plan was to start our life pretty much and live there. And then we had a gift come to our lives. So that's our son, Toby. I'll tell you more about him later on. Uh, but we decided to give him more support. He had special needs. And uh, we decided my wife had um, a larger family in Australia, more cousins, more nephews, had a small family. And so we decided to pack up our bags, move back over here and got three kids, been here ever since. Now, when you, when people who listen to the podcast, some of them, um, you know, they're just trying to get a handle on like their local community when it comes to sales. Was that jarring at all when you you're basically going to an entirely different culture or did some of the principles carry over? Well, the, the, what I teach was pretty much the same, but I went through a bit of a culture shock myself because, you know, going from the U S to Australia, Australia was a little more laid back. And here I was doing my first seminar with a suit and tie on and we were coming in shorts and casual. I'm like, Whoa, this is so (laughs) different. I I had to loosen myself up. I think I've loosened up now after 20 years, but there was a bit of a culture shock there, but now it's interesting. I got people who have ordered our programs over the years from every country in the world, different languages. Trust is universal. It doesn't change. And um, that's why we have a very big mission to really change the world through, through our trust-based approach. And this is something that is incredibly, um, people have jumped onto this concept. You know, you have over 74,000 subscribers and clients in over 35 different com- uh, countries. There is definitely an energy around this. Definitely. Tell me more about, you know, when we talk about trust-based selling, all I can think about is it's the opposite of the car salesman. So like, what, what is this? What have, what have you developed? Well, what my help is if I shared this story, the origin story behind this concept, that'll give you some context to what it's about. If that's okay with you. Yeah, totally. Um, about 20 years ago, before I came out here, I was a sales manager in a software company. And we launched the first online website uh, data collection tools. Now it's called um, Google Analytics. Uh, but back then, it, and now it's free. Back then, it actually cost money. And we launched this product. And I was managing at the time 18 salespeople and the, the, all the leads came across my desk. There were big opportunities. So this one call came in. I got the phone call. It was a huge company. had a great call with a contact. And we agreed to a conference call and a demo of our product just to, to show them how it all works. And so the day finally came Friday for a coffee afternoon. And if I close this one sale, it would double the revenue of the whole company in one transaction. That's how big it was. That's a big sale. Big opportunity. That's a nerve-wracking sale. Multiple websites all over the world. So yeah. okay. I yeah. shut up for the conference call in the conference room with my CEO. I closed the door behind me. Big, long conference table. On the table was the old school speaker phones. You know, the, the black ones with the three legs on it. And um, I hit the dial tone, dial the number. My contact says, hello. He's like, hey, Ari, how's it going? I said, good, good. And he says to me, Ari, let us tell you who's on the call with us today. And I was like, oh, do you realize be someone else there? Next thing I hear is, my name's Chris. I'm CEO of the company. I was like, oh, wow, CEO. This is good. My name's Mike. I'm head of global IT. Perfect. My name's Julie. I'm head of global marketing. Oh, amazing. Everybody on this call was a decision maker. Like, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen today. Like, they're all there. So I was like, oh, my God, this is, this is it. So I, I relaxed, took a deep breath. I explained who I do and who I am and what we do. Then we logged in and gave a live demo over the web of our products to show them how it worked on their website. So we collected data ahead of time for one of their sites. And I started showing this to them live. And I started hearing this noise on the phone call, like, wow, 
this is great. This is amazing. They start asking me all kinds of questions. How does it work? How do we install it? How do we lose your clients? They had all the right kinds of questions. Of course, I had all the right kinds of answers. Like there was so much chemistry on this phone call. It was like a love fest on the phone. <laughs> you know it's what I'm like talking that, about? It's a connection right off the bat. Like you just it's already like know. The chemistry like, was like yeah. on fire. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. And they're asking me questions. I got the answers. I'm doing everything I was taught to do by the sales gurus, the CDs in my car back then, the books on my shelf. I was building rapport, answering objections. I was doing everything from the books I read, everything by the book. And it was amazing. The call was fantastic. An hour goes by. My contact says to me, Ari, we love this. This is great. Give this call call in a couple of weeks. Follow up with us and we'll move this thing forward. I'm like, oh, thank you, God. Like, this is so perfect. Yeah. And I said my goodbyes and I took my arm and my hand and I reached for the speakerphone, hit the off button. As I'm reaching for the off button by complete accident, now it's a divine intervention. My thumb hit the mute button instead of the off button. They were right next to each other. And I hit the wrong button and a small click happened and they thought I hung up the phone. And that split second, a voice inside of me says, Ari, go to the dark side. on <laughs> the wall. Go where no one's ever gone before in the world of sales. And so I pulled my thumb back for a couple of seconds. They started talking amongst themselves thinking I had left the call. Yeah. Now, this is not a trick question, but what would you what would you expect them to have said after a call like that? What would you imagine they, they would have said? I think I'm too jaded to answer this objectively, but but yeah, I mean, we I've had those sales calls before where you know it's a slam dunk. And so, yeah, you'd expect, I'd probably expect a couple of things. One, I'd, I'd expect to hear, um, oh my gosh, this is exactly what we need. And I, I would hope I'd also hear, and Blake, he seems like a cool guy. You know, like he's he's the right person to for us to be connected with for this product. Yeah, you'd expect fairly positive things after an hour of an amazing call we had together. But let me share with you what they said verbatim, word for word. I'll never forget it. It's why we're all here today. What they said was this. They said, we're not going to go with him. Keep using him for more information and make sure we shop someplace else cheaper. Knife in heart twist. I was in a state of shock. I could not believe it. I snapped out of it, hit the off button, looked at the wall and said to myself, what did I do wrong? I was competent. I was professional. I built relationships. I did everything I was taught to do in the sales world. And the first big epiphany hit me, and that was this. You can tell me if you agree with me on this or not. But somewhere along the way, it has become socially acceptable not to tell the truth to people who sell. Mm. Right. It's okay mm -hmm. to say things like, sounds good. Send me information. Oh, we're definitely interested. Oh, wait, send us a what? A proposal. proposal. Yeah. Without any intention of buying. And then I asked myself, why were they afraid to just tell me the truth? I'd be okay with that if I knew where I stood. And I realized that moment there is an invisible river of pressure that flows underneath every sales call you have with someone. And if you don't recognize it being there, because they can feel it and you can feel it. But if you don't, you aren't constantly aware of that pressure and taking it out of the conversation at the beginning, they'll always have their guard up and they'll always feel comfortable holding back from you and not telling you the truth. You end up chasing these ghosts who never call you back and dehumanizing yourself by chasing people who aren't going to buy. And that's what I woke up and realized, oh my God, I, I got to unlock this game. This is like dysfunctional. 
dehumanizing and unhealthy. So I decided to launch my own approach called Unlock the Game, which is a whole shift in mindset where your goal is not to focus on the sale at first. Your goal is to focus only on deep trust with someone to build this moment of vulnerability where they feel authentic enough and comfortable to tell you the truth so you know where you stand so you can decide together if you're fit or not. And that became a whole premise of the whole revolution 20 years ago, which has now taken off more than ever before. So is this... Is this is this like about like playing the long game? Like what, what exactly does this look like in, in like day-to-day working with the prospect? This is about the opposite, shorten the sales cycle down ultimately one conversation. This is about not having multiple steps, chasing people for more information and playing the numbers game. This is a complete revolution of what we believe selling is. It's a whole new definition. This is about how effective are you at building enough trust with somebody on their first conversation. So they feel comfortable with you telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. You don't just keep the breadcrumbs they give you and keep chasing them, hoping you might make that sale. That's that's the essence of this is compressing the sales cycle down the shortest amount of time as possible. And I'll walk you through a few minutes how to do this, but that's the high concept of it. Yeah. So like, and I, I even think about, you know, a lot of times when we have this conversation, it almost feels like we um, rely on gimmicks or like mind tricks or, you know, rather than like I sat down with a guy who he was like, yeah, I realized if I say, you know, secure your spot, it does a lot more for me than, um, you know, buy, buy a seat with me. And I got what he was saying, but on the same token, I was like, surely there's more to sales than just vocab. Surely there's more to sales than just like what words particularly can I use to acquire the sale? Tell me well, more about- there's, there's two things. There's the mindset shift and there's what we call trust-based languaging. So we built our whole body of work around words and phrases that replace typical sales phrases matched with authenticity and the right mindset. And that's where the magic happens. And I'll walk you through examples out that might blow your mind in a few minutes that might may help you realize there are certain things that we've been saying and doing behaviorally unconsciously for years that actually trigger the wall to go up. Yeah. Pressure to begin. Then that wall is very tangible. I mean, I'm sure you are like many of us inundated on LinkedIn with, you know, it's like for me, I almost can't read any messages because every single one triggers that wall of defense. In fact, I had someone who emailed me and, and for me personally, I have so many LinkedIn messages and this is like all of us really, you know, the spam that's in the inbox. I had someone email me who was personally offended and said, Blake, I messaged you a couple of times about this great offer. You never responded. And what he actually said was, I guess you don't practice what you preach, which I talk a lot about authenticity and genuine relationships. And and I didn't respond to that email either. <laughs> but I, I just, it's what I was thinking about as I was reading his email was I thought, you know, if only you could understand my positioning of that that wall is so natural for so many of us because we are constantly being sold to. Well, what's happened that it's happened is that we've been so conditioned to how to sell over the years. All we've done is taken that same approach and applied to the new mediums. We're still getting the cold call in in, inbox messages. We're still getting manipulative emails like you got to make you feel guilty. It's all still happening from the 1980s in the year 2022, still in through the normal channels because no one has shifted their mindset to a new approach yet. So we're not we're not 
You're saying we're not, we haven't innovated according to how the environment Exactly. Changed. It's one of the oldest industries that people still are using the old approach and old techniques that are basically forced them in the numbers game. Yeah. Let's walk through one of the examples that you had in mind. Sure. So, so let's, let's imagine for a moment that uh, you have a first call with somebody over the phone, a okay. first conversation, and the call is going well, there's good chemistry, good opportunity, and a call kind of comes to a close. What do we normally say to someone at the end of a call like that when it's, it looks pretty good? What's the normal thing that someone might say in, in selling you, at the end of a call like that? You might how about pitch. We, Look, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. How about we move forward? How about we? Yeah. Yeah. You pitch the actual you? offer and you know, this exactly. is what it might look like and you yeah. know, try to seal the deal. Because we're conditioned to move things forward towards the what? The sale. Correct. That's what our condition has been from 1980s. But what happens if you try and move somebody forward and they aren't ready yet? What do you break with them right there at the beginning of your process? Uh, I mean, I, I think on my end, I, I internally know, uh, you know, this is the sales part of the conversation. Yeah. Trust is over right there at the beginning. So same scenario, our approach, our mindset, our languaging. Call is going well, good chemistry, Looks like an opportunity. Call comes to a close. Ryan's saying, hey, how about we go to the next step? What we say instead is this. We say, where do you think we should go from here? And I'll say it again. Where do you think we should go from here? I'm being silent to let it sit because it's it's great. It's awesome. <laughs> How does that change the dynamic of the moment? I think it. I think it. All. I don't know if that was a rhetorical question, by the way. I think it no, partly was probably, but yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm just responding as I'm listening. Sure, um, sure. I think a question like that's powerful because it reframes the authority of the conversation. Meaning, I think a lot of times as salespeople, we envision ourselves as the heroes who are coming in to rescue the business. And when you keep the customer central, like we're part of your journey, we're part of, and it's through the whole sales conversation, right? Like rather than being like, hey, we've been in business 20 years and we're amazing. Here's what we can do. You know, there's quite a bit of a difference for great salespeople who, you know, hey, tell me about yourself. What's going on with your business? So I like how that question falls in line with that thinking of, you know, you're the star of the show. You tell me what should happen next. Yeah, it shifts the power. And when you say to somebody, where do you think we should go from here? Usually they're in a state of shock. <laughs> they can't believe yeah. that somebody would ask them what they want to do. This is unheard of yeah. in the business world because we're so, they're so used to people pulling them down a linear process. Yeah. And, he, and the chemistry changes immediately. And when they usually say is, they usually say, well, I, I've, I've got one more question. Or what, what, what about this? What comes out is the truth. And that is your goal. The new goal is the truth of where you both stand, not the sale. Mm-hmm. Which is a wholesale mindset shift to how we've been taught to think because we've always been focused on getting to the next step, to the next step, to close a sale. But I'm saying, no, you need to let go of the next step and be present with them 100% authentic where they feel you're not moving them forward, which is so contrarian to the whole notion of selling because we're taught 
to create momentum, enthusiasm, to move them forward. But the moment you do that, what that does is it triggers pressure. And when they feel pressure from you, they pull back. They give you just enough to chew on, breadcrumbs. Then you're chasing what I call a ghost. Somebody who says things you want to hear, but they never call you back. And now you're wondering why you get rejection. That's the whole dysfunctional tunnel we go into. We don't realize we're caught up in the game. Mm-hmm. And it's it's almost like I think about, you know, it's become so um, abrasive now that I've I've even seen people who've pitched to me to create it's sort of artificial momentum. It's not genuine or authentic momentum. Like we're not actually moving towards like an honest resolution. But someone will start to ask questions like that that no one's going to say no to, but things like, you know, hey, would you want to double the revenue of your business? And it's like, ah, yeah, but I, I don't trust you to do it. But like it's you you we we have like this sixth sense that gets triggered when someone has these these conversation points because like you said we know that they're they're just trying to move us to the eventual pitch in the conversation correct that's why it's so important that people begin to eliminate some of the myths in the back of their mind around what sales is like for instance we've always been taught that sales is a numbers game right the more contacts you make the more opportunities you have well we discovered in this economy now the sales it's not about how many contacts you make anymore it's about how deep you go on each conversation, not how good you are at how many contacts you make, which flies in the face of pushing out, you know, lots of contacts and emails like you're getting uh, through LinkedIn. The second notion is this idea that the sale is lost at the end of the process. So I'm sure you've been there before, Blake, where you had a deal pending. It all looked good. Mm-hmm. At the end, it just kind of like fell through. Like what happened? It was evaporated. Like, evaporated. Well, we discovered now the sale is not lost anymore at the end of the process, is now lost at the beginning, at hello. And I'll prove it to you right now in a fun way. If someone calls your office tomorrow morning and you pick up the phone and you hear, hi, my name is, I'm with, we are a, what goes through your mind in about three seconds? Get me off this call. <laughs> it's over and, at hello. And I'm very candid. And so a lot of times I'm, I'm, I will even immediately say, hey, I'm, I'm not going to buy from you. I'm not interested. Um, which yeah. sometimes they think is a challenge. And so sure. it's like, well, well I, yeah. And, and I'm not suggesting your, your folks were all making outbound calls, but I'll make the case today that most of them are losing their sales, not at the end of the process. They're losing it where? At the beginning, yeah. At the beginning, which is a real shock for people. And the last notion is the idea that rejection is part of the sales game. If you can't take a no, if you don't have thick skin, if you can't get out there and take a hit, you're not made for success. That's the old manager who got beat up over the years. If you can't take a no, well, we discovered that in this day and age now, the rejection actually is triggered by certain things that you say and that you do unconsciously that cause the other person to push back on you. And I'll share some of those today as well. Well, I, I've even had people say things, and I guess this is tied to like arrogance and ego in business where, um, and, and this happens a lot, like I think in the startup world, where you're looking for like validity around your actual offer. But I've had people get that point of rejection and rather there being like a insight on what you've done to create that, or more importantly, how your product isn't as, doesn't have as much quality as you think it does. I've seen people who sort of guard themselves behind that ego and say, well, they were never going to buy anyway, or, you know, actually, you know what? They weren't our customer, even though you were on the phone with them. Yeah. Usually we blame everything else, but ourselves when we lose a sale, aren't doing well. Mm -hmm. We say, Oh, it's LinkedIn. Oh, I got the wrong audience. Oh, I, 
we love looking outside of ourselves saying, hmm, where's the problem? But guess what the problem really is? Yeah. It's us. It's our old thinking and our old approaches. So something you're you're making me remind you're reminding me of a comment I made. I wrote an article months ago, maybe even a couple of years ago. And it was hang with me here for a second. It was basically on how we have no patience in business anymore in the sense of if I can't sell you in five minutes, uh, it, it is the numbers game. I just move on to the next person. And how the real value in business is being able to lean into that relationship with someone and really develop that trust. But I had one line in it that I put in as a caveat. I said, master salespeople can develop that trust in that single conversation. And I don't know how I still feel about it, but listening to you, you strike me as someone who you have developed and crafted that acumen of creating that trust in that single conversation. I'm sure it's a large premise of your book coming out later this year, um, The One Call Sale. Talk to me a little bit about those of us who maybe are amateurs in the sales world, or maybe not even amateurs, maybe we've been in the sales world, but we've always been trained by that sales supervisor who's just pushing the numbers, get on another call, make it happen. Is there hope for us who we, we don't necessarily know how to build that deep trust in the single conversation? Well, it comes from you saying to yourself, enough is enough. This is not working for me anymore. I'm not going to be subjected to this process of chasing people. It feels bad. I don't like it. You got to be willing and open to letting go of what you've been holding on to all these years as if that's the way to do things. Think about it. Here we are on the new, new economy, but we're still using an approach that's just not been innovated for years. And so the, one, the people who are most open-minded and one of what I call fall on their sword and say, hey, I've got to start again and learn how to do this right. It's not about selling anymore. It's about trust building. It's how good are you at trust building? And I'm not talking about building relationships with people. That's very different. What I discovered is relationship building and trust building are mutually exclusive. Meaning, see, we've been taught over the years, we meet someone new in a sales process, we're supposed to become their friend. Oh, how's it going? Nice to meet you. Hey, fantastic. See, we believe we're supposed to build rapport with them. Does it like us and know us first? Well, guess what? One, they don't want to become your friend. Two, they know it's fake anyways. And I tell my clients, stop building relationships pre-sale. You build a relationship after the sale, not before the sale, which I know is like a dropping a bomb and the whole notion of what selling is all about. We're taught, oh, build relationships first, get them to know you first. The problem with that is that will take you years for them to buy from you. And plus, if you cross social norms, and business norms, it gets so wishy-washy, there's no need for a commitment for the next step. So I'm not talking about being cold and mean. And, and, sure, and I'm talking yeah. about, it's like a doctor-patient doctor patient relationship. You're the doctor, they're the patient. Doctors have bedside manner, empathy, warmth. You can still be your warm self, but stop adding in the extra variable of trying to become their friend. Well, I, I like what you're saying because you're... Uh it's a bit of a misconception in business. And I've fallen into this trap too of, I love how you're pointing out the difference between building trust and building a relationship. 
Um, because definitely we can all relate with that customer who we've been, we've been working them for months, you know, it's been eight or nine months and it's like, I feel like they're so close. When are they going to buy from me? And maybe they like even, me. we get along. We're yeah, they're maybe even venting to you about something that you exactly solve. And you're thinking like, why are they telling me this? Like they know I do this. So, so true. We're so caught up in these old notions and we wonder why we get rejected at the end. We put our heart and soul into it. We realize that was the wrong approach. So, so what are some ways that uh, you encourage some of your um, people who are doing your program to build trust in that single conversation? I'll give you an example. So one of our core principles is the idea of what we call getting to the truth of people. Now, what that means is having them feel comfortable opening up to you and telling you where you stand every step of the way. So you're not guessing along the way. I'll give you an example. Recently, someone called my office. They got through my team, got to me, unscheduled call. I picked the phone up and I heard Mr. Galper. I said, yes. He says, my name is John Johnson. Change the name. I'm with XYZ Company. We're looking at bringing someone in like yourself and change our sales culture and our sales performance. We're looking at you and two other people. We'd like to know, first of all, why should we go with you? Why are you the best? And give me your best sales pitch. So I think at this point, everyone would... I mean, personally speaking, you'd be like, okay, yeah, what's, uh, here's the 60 seconds of how awesome I am. Yeah. He said this to me inbound call. Now, a normal reaction is, woohoo, let me tell you what I got. Yeah. Yeah. But I know the game, you see. So I, I, I took a deep breath. I lowered my voice. I got centered in myself. And I proceeded to say this to him. What I said was this I said, well, isn't, that interesting. Now there's more. Hold on. Hold this. Hang in there. Uh, I paused for a moment and I said to him, over here at our company, we have a very similar process to you where we ask some questions, gather information to see if we're a good fit. And if we're a good fit, we decide where to go from there. And I said to him, would you be open to that? That's all I said to him and not a word on the phone, like dead silence. I'm like, oh my God, he's still there. Then he, he breathed like a sigh of relief across the body. He, he exhaled. He, he lowers his voice. I can tell he lowers his shoulders to became human again. And he says to me, uh, okay, what kind of questions do you have for me? <laughs> Next thing I know, within five minutes, I discover one, he's not a decision maker. Two, he has no budget. And three, he's just curious as to what I do. And after a few minutes, off he went to some of my free stuff online. I hung up the phone. Now, what did my process there save me months of? You, you validated him. You know, like you, you validated if he was the, the right customer for you. Months of chasing him, pursuing him. Actually, this drug in our bodies, and it's, it's triggered with inbound calls of that. You know what the drug is called? And it gets activated like that in our bodies. It's called hopium. <laughs> you know the hopium drug? You get an inbound yeah. car, like, yeah, I got they the want to buy from me. Yeah, yeah. You tell your husband or wife, guess what? Feed you this year. We got the call. Oh my God. You know the hopium. You're so excited. You get all drugged out. You're like, yeah. man, this is awesome. Hoo hoo. And then you call them about to follow up and you get their what? You get their voice voicemail. Like, he's not what he's not calling me back. Then what do you do next? You go to your computer. Open up your email inbox and you write a note that says, hi, John, I'm writing you to what? To follow up, follow up. Mm -hmm. 
Now I'm going to ask all your viewers and listeners right now to take a verbal oath of me, not a legal one, but a verbal one to never again in their whole career after this recording to ever use this phrase again. And here it comes. Now, I've been in sales for long for a while. This might hurt just a bit. Hopefully you're okay with this. I'm going to ask all your listeners and viewers to never again use the phrase follow-up ever again for the rest of their sales career. Now, I can feel the pain right now. And I, if I ask your audience, how many of you use the word follow-up in the last couple of weeks? I'm sure every hand would go up. Who's I'm, I'm, thinking, email? I'm thinking, what do I say now? What do I do? <laughs> What's the only industry in the world that uses the word follow-up? Sales. Oh, yeah. And here we are trying to be heart-centered and non-aggressive yeah. and peaceful. And But our languaging says, hi, I'm giving you a call to move things where? Forward, yeah. Forward, which is the exact opposite what you should be doing. And they perceive you as a negative salesperson stereotype. Mm-hmm. There's a few more classic ones. So you might remember the old ones from the 80s. I'm giving you a call to check in to, there's one more. I'm giving you a call to, um, remember that one? It, touch base. Oh, those, yeah. are so, those are so classics. So what you say instead is this. You say, I'm giving you a call to see if you have any questions feedback, feedback oh, okay. Okay. on our previous conversation any feedback on our last meeting any feedback on our proposal feedback's going where not forward it's going backwards the opposite direction of how we've been trained over the years which is to move things where forward right forward when you attempt to move somebody forward you are triggering pressure and momentum. When they feel momentum from you, their guard goes up and they hold back from you and only give you a few breadcrumbs and never tell you the truth. Mm. That's the shift. And so that one phrase alone, feedback, try it tomorrow and watch what happens. You're going to be shocked when they start talking and talking and talking. You're like, oh my God, this guy was right. That one phrase alone has them telling me the truth. It's definitely powerful and it's empowering, I think, to our sales game. Um, and I, I mean, <laughs> I'm like, wow, this guy actually does know what he's talking about. It's, it's, it's insightful as to why you have tens of thousands of people who have really ascribed to you know, um, this program of yours and who've been fans of the book, um, trying to unlock this incredibly challenging, confusing um, and I call it, it's almost like so many people have an opinion on the sales world and the sales game to finally hear something different that's intuitive and in some ways countercultural, but like in a way that makes sense. I think it's something that's exciting for sure. I think what happens when we leave, when we leave our home, we go to work, we put what we call sales armor on. We put it around ourselves and protect ourselves from the bullets, from the rejection. So we change who we are. We change our momentum, our languaging. We become somebody we're not, and we're not even aware of it. And then we approach people or they approach us, and we start to do certain things like jumping into early in the conversation. We, we deliver, and I'll visit, well, there's one more bomb I'll drop with you right now. And um, I tell my clients, stop delivering value in your sales process. What? They go, what are you talking about? Value is all about. It's what to over-deliver and give value. I say, no, value equals education. Education equals information. They don't want information. What they want is clarity on mm. their problem. 
They don't, they don't really care about how you solve their problem. What they care about is if, are you the one to solve it or not? The whole time they're asking themselves, do I trust him? Do I trust him? Do I trust him? They don't really care about how you solve the issue. But we, we're so in love with our solution. <laughs> we can't wait to tell them all about it. It's amazing. And when I tell my clients, I say, fall out of love with your solution and fall in love with their problems and get that. their world. Yeah, I love that. And it's it's it, going back to an original comment we were talking about. It's it's keeping them at the center. You made a great comment on how in love we are with our solution that I think sometimes it's like it's like that's the majority of the conversation. Um it's like, you know, here's our 12-step process and then we do this and then we do this and then we do this and it's before you know it you've been talking 20 minutes about this process and you're so right many customers don't even care about that. They just want their products. They don't, they don't care about you. That's the hardest part for us to accept because we get a lot of uh, you know self-validation in the process by feeling good about ourselves, by saying, oh, here's what we do. Oh, really? And we get this nourishment of like, oh, it feels so good. And we get seduced thinking, <laughs> oh my God, I got this. Like we are connected, man. This is great. We're just like we're halfway down the goal line, and we have no idea that we're living in hopium. Yeah. Well, Ari, this this has been in, totally incredible. We're actually out of time. It feels like we've just got it got it gotten started on this conversation. I, I want to continue this conversation, especially people who are listening who are like, okay, I I need more Ari in my life. And they want to know, like, what's next? What's the next part of this conversation? Where do they go? How do they follow up? Um, obviously, I mentioned the book "Unlock the Sales Game." They can find it on Amazon. They can also check out uh, the new book, uh, "One Call," the "One Call Sale" out later this year. Um, tell me, like, immediately as they end this episode, how do they continue the conversation? What Look, happens next? If this, if this resonates with you, and you're not fighting this right now in your own mind. And you go, oh, this feels so right. Then immediately go to unlockthegame.com. And there's a free intro course there. You can talk to me directly through a consultation. In fact, you can get a hold of me directly on LinkedIn. I'm very communicative there. Just get a hold of me, say hello, drop me a note, connect with me. Reach out. Don't be afraid to sort of look through the window and wonder what's inside. Just dive in and see what it's like to have a call with us and not be sold. Just experience that in itself. It's an amazing experience. It's exciting stuff. And I even see on your website, unlockthegame.com, you have the uh, stump the guru uh, bit on there as well. And so for those of you who are listening who want, you know, maybe you're like 90% there and you're thinking like, I, I want to know a little bit more about, you know, is already the real deal. You can check that out as well. It's a fun Come out of me, ask me any question you want live uh, yeah. like once a month. That's great. Ari, it's been so special having you on today. So intuitive uh, and definitely disruptive to the sales industry. It's it's We know that disruption, disruption is something we desperately need right now. We need to change the game. And you're talking about definitely a way to unlock the sales game. Uh, this has been powerful. I so appreciate you coming on today. Thank you, Black. I appreciate it. Hey, for our listeners, we're absolutely going to put the link to unlockthegame.com down in the episode description below. I'm also going to put the link to his book, Unlock the Sales Game. That'll be in the episode description as well. And also I'll put a link to, you know how much I love LinkedIn. His LinkedIn bio will be down there too. Um, if you've enjoyed this episode, 
what the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe button so you keep getting good advice wherever you're at. And don't forget, if you want to support the podcast, if you love the podcast, you can go to our Patreon. It's at patreon.com slash good advice, where you can support the podcast for as little as only $5 a month uh, and feed my coffee addiction. Uh, those of you who are supporting the podcast and those of you who've been listening, hey, I so appreciate it. That's been today's good advice. We'll catch you later.